This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. Hey folks, before we get into the interview, let's hear from Bill over at the brewery, see what's going on over there. Hey Mason, what is going on? On the brew house, not too much on the innovation front after the guys crushed it with the raspberry goes and the stout last week. Uh, we are just cranking to try to keep up um, and have a lot of big news on our capacity front coming in the near term, um, but we're super thankful for everyone who is pushing us to work double shifts to try to get beer out the door. Um one thing I did want to talk to you about is the exciting things we have going on for Two for the Trails. Um, last year, we did some awesome stuff, uh, trail cleanup days everywhere from the Appalachian Trail to Maine Hudson Trails, keeping them open for the winter, all the way down to Fort Clinch um, down in Florida. And um, I wanted to kick it to you to talk about some of our exciting new national partners we have in the American Hiking Society and Leave No Trace. Um, but since you're so acquainted with them, I figured I'd kick it back to you for that. Um, hope you have a great weekend. Awesome. Thanks, Bill. And yeah, uh, you know, two for the trails. If you don't know what it is, we donate 2% of all our sales to park and trail cleanups. And last year, working with the Appalachian Mountain Club and some smaller parks in the area. But as we're growing so rapidly, we wanted to have a couple nationwide partnerships to help us make essentially the biggest impact possible. And so we decided to do that this year through uh, American Hiking Society, which is all about hiking trails and maintaining them and advocating for them and leave no trace. A group of folks who want to basically preserve the outdoors for generations to come by keeping it totally clean, also living a totally leave no trace lifestyle. So we're excited to partner with both of them. And for ambassadors, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to be involved between those two organizations all around the country. So keep your ears open for that. And we're absolutely excited about the impact we're going to make through our Two for the Trails program. And if you have a park or organization that you think would be a good candidate for two for the trails please let us know other than that you know just keep in mind if you're planning an adventure or want to do something kind of out of the box this year but you need some funding we are giving away a thousand dollars through our adventure grant to someone who is planning an adventure and also planning to make an impact in some way through the adventure so link for that is also in the show notes or on our website Anyway, uh, today's episode, which is probably what you came here for in the first place, is uh, with John Walker, our head brewer and the co-founder of Athletic Brewing. You know, I, I know y'all want to hear kind of some background and some kind of behind the curtains, what's going on at Athletic and how it all came about. And John has just an incredible story. I'll let him tell it. I'm not going to just try to reiterate it all here. But he is basically the mastermind behind the recipes for the beer. Uh, he's incredibly creative, incredibly insightful, and I really hope you enjoy this conversation. And maybe we'll have him on again soon to tell more about his story. I hope you enjoy, and like Bill said, hope you have a great weekend too. All right, folks, welcome to the show. Today we're talking to John Walker from Athletic, the brewmaster, head brewer, whatever you want to call him. He, he's the mad scientist behind everything you love to drink. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. 
Cool, man. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking a little bit before. People want to hear your story. They want to hear, you know, what how'd you end up here? How'd you end up making such good non-alcoholic beer? And, you know, I love going all the way back. So if you don't mind, I'd love to know, like, wh- where did you grow up and what did you grow up doing? Were, were you athletic? Were you into other things? Like, what, what did that look like for you? Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I grew up in Connecticut, where I am again now. And I grew up in a largely food and beverage family. My uh, father owned and operated a restaurant. He was, before they called him chefs, he was the chef. He was the dishwasher, the manager, the bookkeeper. He also had a great partner, but, you know, he was super busy. And then my mother, in addition to working at the restaurant, was an accountant and put herself through school and built this business. And so we were just busy, busy, busy. And I was as I recall, I think largely independent and fairly active. You know, I was into like arts and stuff, but more often than not, I was just outside. And that was a while back. So I think being outside at a younger age by yourself um, was more acceptable then because I remember in like third and fourth grade, I wouldn't get home until seven o'clock at night and that was before cell phones. Um, But yeah, it was just like always outside, always playing sports rollerblading was the thing back then and then um all right yeah you remember those oh yeah (laughs) so lots and lots of hours on the rollerblades um but yeah so small town in connecticut on the coast and i went to school um i kind of deviated from the program there for sure i left high school a little early just it didn't work for me i was always i did really well in general but I was the guy who asked why, and I just I didn't feel like the teachers or the establishment appreciated my my questions or my my curiosity, and so it it kind of frustrated me. And my parents were super supportive and really like fast acting and finding a place for me to go. So I actually went to college after my sophomore year in high school. Holy cow! Yeah, so that was in Massachusetts, and you know, colleges like a bizarre experience in and of itself. So I feel like I just got that awkward part of my life out of the way a little earlier. Um, yeah. So from there, um, graduated and moved out to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Why'd you go there? When I was in college, my, my semester abroad was, uh, not in the Bahamas. It was on the Navajo reservation. And so I, uh, you know, I fell in love with the culture and people and the sky, really the sky, keep saying, um, and the weather and just, you know, it was a different way of life out there, especially growing up in the Northeast where it's really like kind of cutthroat and go, go, go. Um, and it just, you know, they embraced nature and it really resonated with me, especially at that time in my life. And um, yeah, it was like healthy living. But I, you know, so I found my my way back into food and beverage after spending a lot of money on college degree. <laughs> you know, I do love it. I love that experience, and I met some incredible people and mentors. And I learned a ton. Um, but I did find my way back into food and beverage. It just kind of supported my lifestyle as a youth, and you know, took up snowboarding and really embraced the mountains and got outside a lot, hiking, camping, and. Um, so that food and beverage really supported that lifestyle. It was fun. But then I uh, met my wonderful wife, Connie, there. And, um, yeah, we got 
married and had two awesome kids. And so in the, right after I met my wife, Connie, um, my friend John Fraser was this, a brewer at Second Street Brewery. And he, he was like, hey, you know, I'm going to go go back to school and get my doctorate. You should take my job. Wow. I was like, I don't, I don't know anything about it. Um, and then I'll backtrack a little bit. I, I really tried to get out of food and beverage. I actually did get out of food and beverage because over time that lifestyle isn't healthy and it's troublesome and it kind of, it was distracting and it was really stressful. And so I, I need to get out and kind of find a different path. So I wound up doing some blacksmithing and welding and I was really psyched about it and it was great. But then this opportunity popped up about nine years ago to take over this brewing position. And I met with Rod, the brewmaster of Second Street, and we just kind of hit it off. And it was a natural, easy fit. And, you know, I don't know if either of us knew what to expect, except that I knew how to work hard and I liked learning. I mean, did you know how to brew beer? No, no, not at all. Well, how the heck, I mean, did this new direction excite you in a way? It did. It, it was cool. And, you know, I don't have like a ton of great friends in my life, but the ones that I know me and they wouldn't point me in the wrong direction. And so like having both my wife and John say, hey, you know what? You should try this. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Wow. But, you know, I, I, I had made wine and I studied wine before that. So right. actually, you know, I like fermentation science and all that. I gave it a shot, and it turns out that I really loved it. Um, it's really tactile and sensory-related. It also keeps me busy and active. And then I quickly learned that there was science. And, like, since I left high school early, um, I didn't have a science background at all. And I think my science classes in, in college were, like, I don't even know if they were. They were so arbitrary and so ir irrelevant. So I was able to really get a new education, you know, via fermentation science and microbes and stuff like that at the brewery. Um, you know, it was with peers and colleagues and myself, and it was fascinating. And it was so cool to be, like, learning something from scratch. So um, fast forward a little bit. We were doing, I think, really great things at Second Street and had a family, and we were busy building a new facility there, but both Connie and I really kind of wanted to come back to the Northeast. Why is that? Uh, my family's still here and the, you know, there's things to be said about the school system up here that didn't work for me, but there's some really great things, especially as you grow up, you're like, yeah, maybe that wasn't so bad. You know, we'll see what my kids say about it, but, um, <laughs> Yeah. So, so the dry desert air couldn't hold you forever, and, and eventually you wanted to come back home. When were you feeling that way related to when Bill reached out? We were feeling that way for a little while, especially when we had kids and wanted to be close to family and the water and schools when, you know, when our son was going to start kindergarten. But then, yeah, Bill and I met, and really I'd been looking for a little while. I just hadn't found the right person, right partner. Um, I really needed a, if I was going to move, because I really loved the people that I was working with in New Mexico, and it, I did decide that that was my career path, and this is what I do. And um, so I had to find the right place and the right partner. And I met Bill, and when first there was a there was an ad on the forum, 
and there was no mention of non-alcoholic in it. And so we talked, and he was just like, "Don't hang up, don't hang up at me, please." <laughs> um, but but then he like quickly broke into the mission, and I was like, "That sounds totally amazing, and it makes perfect sense." And so it really resonated with me. And then Bill and I met in person very, very shortly after that. And, you know, he was just so passionate and so thoughtful and had such an amazing plan. And was so, you know, his conviction was incredible. It was like beautiful to see. And so it was just easy. It wasn't a sell. It was just like a natural fit. So, so what about the plan and what, I mean, what about the mission resonated with you so much? It was, you know, embracing craft for exactly what it is and what we love. Um, you know, it's creative, it's perfectionism, it's fun, it has culture. There are these awesome people that you get to mingle with on a daily basis. Um, there are a lot of things that make a lot of sense, but then for the same reason that I had like left food and beverage earlier on, there was just, there was something that was not right. Something that was not healthy. And especially being a young father, like it made perfect sense to develop this culture and this product and brand and be part of this movement that does nothing but like make positive energy. And so it was just like, that made sense. But then also from a scientific standpoint, Bill was like, we're not doing it the way they've always done it. It was like, Ooh, challenge. I love a challenge I, more, more for myself. It's not to compete against anybody else. It's, it's to compete with myself to see if I can do it. What, what did you think when he first said, you know, don't hang up, don't hang up. We're making non-alcoholic craft beer. What was your initial thought or reaction? I I, re I kind of recall I was like staring out this one window in front of my dining table and I, my mouth kind of opened and I was like, huh. And I, I, I think I said, that makes perfect sense. And it does. And, you know, it, it took a while for people to like believe it. And, you know, it'll take a while for more, more people to believe it. But now that we're doing what we're doing, it's evident that there's a place for it. And it's awesome. So, so, you know, once you made the move, did it help make that transition easier to have something so unique to focus on a project that's so new to, to say, we're not just going back home now, we're going back home to do this incredible new thing that's never been done? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, it was just, it made it a seamless and natural transition. And it really, it was aspirational. It did help us. And it was securing and creative and there were you know i'm gonna use our words here but there you know there were no compromises in this move and like yeah everybody got behind it 100 percent. my whole family local and in new mexico so what was it like early on what i mean you you get to connecticut and then what well you you walk into this empty warehouse with bill how, how far along was it so far <laughs> um yeah that was that was the funny part. Um, so Bill had like done a, a ton of research and had all this research material and done all this reading. And past that, it was really just trial and error. And so we literally had this giant warehouse that we signed the lease on shortly after I moved. 
And I started driving to Stratford and showing up at this warehouse. And then I guess we just decided to like order some homebrewing equipment because we needed to figure out what the hell we were going to do and how we were going to do it. And so it basically that was where things got really interesting and certainly frustrating at times. But using all the techniques that I had learned in my previous years to try to manipulate how to make it all work and like, oh, well, I'm going to do this and maybe that'll work. But, you know, it took like a hundred, at least a hundred tries before we actually got something that worked. And so, you know, it was a test of patience and will. How long of a process was that for you guys? Um, just, you know, like brewing each test is like two to three weeks. And so it's pretty frustrating because you're like, oh, I'm going to do this test, but you don't get your results for like three weeks. So, you know, we would do multiple iterations of this one thing to see how it would work at, you know, within different variables and tweak this, tweak that. And then we would just have this like data log and this fermentation cart that we would wheel around and mess around with. And keep in mind, this is all like on Gatorade drugs and homebrewing because the, the facility was in the process of being planned and built. So it was a, uh, it was laborious and kind of funny looking in hindsight. Yeah. A bunch of Gatorade jugs compared to what it is now it, through that. What was your mindset through over a hundred or nearly a hundred batches? What, how was the attitude between the two of you? Um, it was shockingly like positive and, constructive and helpful and you know we would sit together and just dive through things and we would taste things and talk about process and you know meanwhile we're trying to talk about the business plan bill's doing like a billion fundraising meetings with with no product in hand to give anybody um so despite all that it was you know it was just like a it was already a, a supportive culture and environment and collaborative and we, I can't imagine ever doing something like that with anybody else. And yeah, just remaining calm and focused and steadfast, like this will work, this will work, this will work. And then when we got closer, it was like, this could work. You know, there are always these like peaks. And then shortly thereafter, you find your valley. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, naturally, so you're like, oh, yes. And then you're like, oh, geez. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it was all positive and we're so much better for all of those things. And we've learned so much, you know, from brewing to food safety. It, it's just, it was fascinating. Like we learned a ton at each step. Man, that's just so, I don't know. It's so interesting to hear where it starts and how, how not really all that long ago it was once you started to see that this was going to be possible, what was what was what? What did you guys start doing? What was kind of some of the next steps? I at some point you had to start selling it. Uh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was so. Bill had this calendar of these sporting events, and he, and we were going to open this non-alcoholic tap room, and there were going to be food trucks, and we we're going to be open every weekend. And keep in mind, the sporting events are all on the weekend, and somebody had to make the beer and package the beer. And he had this, this calendar of like 60 events. And I was like, who's going to work these things? But Bill was just like, I'm going to do it. And so Bill just hammering out the weekdays and the weekends. And shortly thereafter, we hired our, our third 
team member, um, Andrew Ledley, who was fresh out of Notre Dame and had a degree in chemistry. And so he came on. He was also from food and beverage, and he just like took it up and just crushed all the work that we had. And he was super helpful and collaborative, and his background was super helpful. So really, we just tried to figure out how to scale things up slowly. We had to... Uh, we were fortunate enough to have a three and a half barrel system that we could tinker on. And then we also have the 20 barrel production system that we kind of step up to. And so it was all a matter of trial and error and then, you know, stepping things up to the pilot and then up to the big system and also learning all of the machines and running it ourselves. And so it was a really small lean team at first and it was, it was definitely challenging, but. Definitely worth it. You mean working with the team? Um, no, just the the whole process. Working with the team was seamless and fantastic. That was amazing. Like I couldn't have imagined anything better. It was more just the uh, the learning curve, and you know, I came from a brew pub, and I, we didn't really package. And it wasn't a production brewery. We hammered out a lot of beer, but it was all in pints. And this was you know canning lines and air compressors and gadgets we had never used and a brew house with a computer screen. And so there was just, there was a ton to do and a ton to learn on the fly. How did you tackle this sea of unknown information? Just how did you do that? Going from a place that, you know, you're making it right there for your customers who are coming to you and hanging out and to, to now going to a nationwide operation. I mean, that's a lot of, skills that you don't even know you don't know at that point how did you handle that just one day at a time like what was that like for you yeah it was definitely one day at a time um and that's where having a team and an operation and a company that you know has firm beliefs in like high quality and standards comes in handy because you know we never made i'm going to say it again but we never made any compromises and when things weren't going right, we just didn't do it. We didn't sell it and we didn't move forward. And they were, it was all deliberated. And so those challenges were, I'm not going to say made easier, but the fact that we didn't have to compromise made us all sleep better at night. And we were able to take all of those challenges and learn from them and be constructive instead of destructive, which could have been the case. So as a brewer, coming from, you know, more traditional background, did you feel like you were just doing something no one else had done? Um, I think one of the most exciting things was seeing the, the culture and the culture impact and the shift that this was having and, you know, what it was doing for me and my family first. And what was that? It was really just that shift that I had been you know, not knowing that I was looking for, you know, maybe just the healthier lifestyle. Um, maybe there's too much alcohol in your life or, you know, that drive, that, that sales mentality from food and beverage, like everything is alcohol driven and it's kind of toxic at times. I, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I love the, those environments and those occasions, but when your life is driven by those sales and those numbers it's it's troubling so when you're trudging through this challenge trying to make something that is going to have a huge positive impact on 
you directly and your immediate family, but you know, you can see what it will do for the world at large. Like it's amazing. It makes everything totally easy and attainable. And it just having, having a goal and having a mission that's so pure and honest is amazing. Wow. Do you feel like being in a non-alcoholic brewery now, you have more creativity to do things that have never been done because you know every day you're essentially doing that. But as far as new recipes and new things to add to the pilot program, like what is your mindset about the future with athletic brewing? Yeah, no, now, now it's just crazy. Like now that we've opened Pandora's box, even within our little office, like the ideas that flow around here are just they're nuts and like the things they we can, are nuts <laughs> yeah the, the things we can we know that we can tackle together because of what we've built in general and because of the way we know we work together and i'm not just talking about me and bill it's like our entire operation it's it's killer and so it's awesome and yeah for sure like we have i never would have thought this possible but we've just like reinvented or invented a new way of looking at the same ingredients and you know that goes back to like the culinary aspect of it and at the end of the day it turns out that a lot of people are not in love with alcohol a lot of people are in love with malt and hops and we found a pretty awesome way to utilize them in a different fashion and so that's super exciting you know the the most interesting parts are are also the least interesting parts um from a brewer's perspective you know everybody's asking about like you know what are you doing what's the magic bullet like how do you remove it and you know as far as the alcohol yeah and so interesting but not interesting like we don't remove anything at all ever and that's that's incredible you know we found that way but so we can use all the same ingredients and treat it all the same and keep it fresh and play with flavors and um yeah. Are you surprised by the positive reaction or were you expecting more people to kind of scoff at the product when you first started making it? Or do you, do you think it's a, a balance between the two as you see it? Um, I definitely didn't anticipate the, the support that we got like right off the bat. I, that was shocking. Um, I had no idea what was out there in the world and what that they were like wanting this and needing this. And so that, that was truly amazing to see and experience. And, you know, it's a lot of that is in large part, you know, successful because of the culture that is being built around this. And, you know, I got to hand it to Bill in that front, like, and the entire team, but like out there every day at the finish line, no compromises. It's just healthy. It's positive. There's nothing to hide behind. There's no reason to, we're just making a good drink and we want to, support a healthy lifestyle has your life become healthier because of your association and and working for athletic i know i know alcohol cutting back on alcohol but in other ways yeah absolutely you know i great employers and relationships in the past but i had never been part of something that was so collaborative and positive and mission driven and so or surrounded by a group of people who shared the same vision and so it's really inspiring um, every day and it makes it more possible and just seeing the impact that you have on people's lives on a daily basis you know near and far is honestly it feels good i won't lie 
yeah, it, it's amazing. And so just that positivity in your life is, it can't be bad. You know, my short time here, I've, I've kind of been blown away by the amount of times I've heard people say that athletic has been life changing to them. I just didn't anticipate that level of, uh, need in, in so many people's lives. And so I just want to reiterate that to you, man. It's, it people, there's a lot of people that, that, that say this is, this has saved my life. Knowing that there's a good NA out there has made, you know, uh, a, a, so put a silver lining in my life. And that's, I, I'm sure there's not a lot of people brewing beer that, that hear that on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you know, I didn't know something like that existed. Like I didn't know that that feeling existed, um, you know, to be on the receiving end of somebody thanking you like that. And it's seriously, it'll like bring you to tears some days. And it's, it's truly incredible. That is awesome. And now, you know, Bill wanted me to ask this, and it's something I didn't know anything about, but uh, he told me that you keep cans of food in your car. Is that true? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. So um, that's that's all my wife, Connie. Um, she is incredible and has, like, the sweetest heart. And she uh, always replenishes what's in the car when we run out. And so those cans of food are for... You know, if you see someone in need or on the corner or if somebody approaches your car who appears to be hungry, it's, you know, it's a great alternative to giving money. It's just you know, supporting health, basically. Well, I, I Bill, Bill said, you got to ask him about that. And I'm like, well, that's, I don't even know what that's for. So I'm like, I, I figured it was for you know, <laughs> passing out the homeless people. And I'm like, John is never going to bring this up about himself. So I want to make sure <laughs> to give a little shout out that, you know, that's just the kind of people you are and the kind of family you are. So that's, you know, people love hearing behind the scenes here at Athletic because it's like, okay, I see on the front that you guys seem like, a, a you know, everyone there seems just so genuine and so honest and just so mission driven. But I tell people constantly, no, it, it, that's really is how it is. Like it's, it's, it's behind the scenes is pretty much what you see. And folks are, folks are actually very incredible all around. So, you know, we love highlighting people on this show to show that that's actually true. It's true. Everybody here is pretty amazing. It's, it's an amazing thing to be part of. That's awesome. Well, John, if if uh, if it's all right with you, I'd love to move into the rapid fire round. All right, and then we'll wrap I'm it ready. up. Cool. All right. Cool. Question one: What are you most curious about right now outside of work? Seeing my children grow and their brains develop, and how different they are. It's like a like a little experiment to you. It, it's not an experiment. They're just so fascinating, and they're so amazingly different, and they're. You know, as a parent, and I always heard my dad and mom say this, but they were always shocked about how different they were from themselves and from each other. Mm. Um, It's amazing. It's crazy, this experience. And how many kids in what age? Uh, We have two. We have a seven-year-old boy and a three-year-old girl. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's so cool. So this might lead right into that. So I'll say two things that you're most proud about outside of your career, two achievements. I know kids are probably one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely kids. Um, I don't, don't, that's a hard one. I might have to get back to that one. But no, it's my family and it's just my family. Okay. What is your biggest goal not yet achieved? Um, 
to attain some sort of sustainability for my family and uh, teach that to my children. What exactly do you mean by that? What kind of sustainability? It sounds interesting. Yeah, no, to to become a little, you know, more sustainable, a little off grid, providing your own food, um, farming, and really getting away from the electronic world uh, and putting your hands in the dirt and growing your food and just really appreciating what a lot of people take for granted, you know, just embracing the earth. Man, that's a great answer. Oh, that I have, I share the same goal. Can't wait to, to, to implement more of that in my life. It's easy to let go of in today's world. Yeah. So, uh, what's a hobby that you have that a lot of folks don't know about or something you do outside of work? Um, I love metalwork and blacksmithing. All right. So you do that on the side still? Uh, on occasion. I don't have a ton of time these days, but you know, when I do, I'd love to do it. It's just a creative and handy outpost. Perfect. How do you live without compromise? Um, never forgetting where I came from or how I got here and just always remembering that I wouldn't be who I am or have what I have without all of the amazing people that have supported me throughout my life, from family to colleagues to career, school, anybody that's come across my path. Mm. Well, man, I, I feel that this is barely scratching the surface into your brain and into what your interests and ideas and, uh, just what's going on in there is all about. So, you know, I encourage people if, if they can get to know you, get to know you, man, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time. And anytime anybody wants to dig in deeper, I'm happy to all love right. good conversation. John, I feel like we could have gone on a thousand rabbit trails there. So I appreciate you, but thank you for what you guys are doing. And I'm just so happy to be a part of all this. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Have a great day and talk soon. Sounds good. Right, see you, John. Without Compromise is a production of Athletic Brewing Company. To learn more about our award-winning non-alcoholic craft beer, go to athleticbrewing.com. There you can also find info on our news and events, as well as how to get plugged in to the larger Athletic Brewing community. And lastly, we wanted to thank you so much for listening. Please share with us with someone you know, as well as leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. And we'll see you in a couple weeks.